And as usual, I'm eating because this always happens because I'm, you know, I do errands for my mother on Sundays when we record this. <laughs> and so by the time I get back home, I'm eating and I have to record the show. <laughs> You're ravenous. <laughs> yeah, so I'm taking some bite and, bites into a cherry turnover during this episode. Years from now, this episode will go down in infamy as the cherry turnover episode. jump right into it now last month i noticed uh that i got my emails crossed and i i did ma- wound up, i wound up mentioning all of the keynote titles from september but i also inadvertently mentioned all of the october titles as well i wonder why there was such a big lineup and i got uh I got, so uh but i'm just going to go very quickly over the october 2022 releases from kino lorber studio classics uh, since we kind of touched on base, but, you know, in case uh, in case anybody uh, missed that. Uh, so Indecent Proposal uh, got a 4K Ultra HD upgrade from the studio. That was released uh, October 11th. Uh, I did go back and revisit this one. I got a review copy on this one, and I remember being kind of, eh, meh, was my reaction 29 years ago when I saw it in the theater. I have not seen it since. I really liked it this time. I mean, yeah, it's it's uh, you know not very plausible, shall we say? I mean, you know, you can't. But you know, if you're willing to get on its wavelength and go along with it, and it's it's very well photographed and uh, directed by Adrian Lyne, obviously. And um, I don't know, I, something about it just. I guess it was just what I wanted. And uh, the transfer's good. Uh, it's edited by Joe Hutching, who. Uh, shared the Oscar, I think, with Pietro Scalia for uh, JFK. So uh, the edit, it's very well put together. And, you know, it's just, you know, it's, it's start. I mean, and you've got the three leads, uh, Woody Harrelson and um, Demi Moore, of course, and Robert Redford. If it was anybody else, you know, you've got to have people of that star caliber to sell this movie. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, know. they make, you can imagine this being just a Showtime late night sure. thing. If it was, you know, D yeah. movie actors. You could do it. Mm-hmm. True. And the one thing that I really picked up on this time, and I guess it's because I took it for granted when I saw this film uh, 29 years ago, was the John Barry score in this film. Because, gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's gorgeous. And if this movie were made today, they would not use a lush score like that. I can almost guarantee it that you mm-hmm. would not get. That's how much filmmaking has changed. And I really picked up on that watching it this time. And I thought, you know, this this score really helps to sell this film. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just look at the Fifty Shades movies. Exactly. And it's those, a great point. Those, those are yeah. like, in each movie, there's like probably 30 minutes, if not more, of its running time are just music montages. Yeah. 
uh, you know, and, pop music, whatever. Right, and and that's why it feels just sort of cheesy. And this movie, you know, yeah, maybe an implausible plot line and uh, maybe a little silly even, but it, it just all the technical stuff and, and the star power just sells it. And I'm not going to tell you it's a perfect film, but I really, really enjoyed seeing it again. So uh, Indecent Proposal, a nice 4K upgrade from... You know, it was uh, Redford's idea that she go back to Woody Harrelson. Yeah, that's a good call, too. Yeah, it, it, it absolutely is. And you can buy. You actually, It is plausible that she would fall for him at, at one point when you know the Woody Harrelson character actually starts becoming distrustful and asking all you – know, just giving her a really hard time. You could see how the, the, somebody could push the person they, they love the most away by doing that sort of thing. And uh, so it's believable in that sense. And then you've got great, you know, supporting cast, Oliver Platt, Seymour Casal, and uh, Rip Taylor. Right. <laughs> we talked about that right. last time. So anyway, um, not much in the way of extras here. Audio commentary by Adrian Line, and that's it. Oh, well, that's good uh, enough. Yeah, it's good enough. And uh, like I said, just a, a really nice transfer. Indecent Proposal, I would say that's uh, that's a recommendation if you haven't seen it in a long time and uh you know like myself it was it was nice catching up with that again so cool. tropic thunder also getting a 4k upgrade from the studio as well from kino uh, they've again licensed these paramount titles and the director's cut is available on a separate blu-ray it, it didn't get the 4k upgrade but uh the theatrical cut of the film did get the 4k upgrade and uh there's a lot of I don't think there's much in the way of new extras. A lot of the carryover extras on this Tropic Thunder. I was I didn't get around to rewatching it unfortunately before we did the show. I, I'm, I was hoping to today, but uh, it's it's really busy with my day job, so I just didn't didn't get around to it. But I'm hoping to. Uh, I my reaction to seeing this film when it came out in theaters was that the trailers that preceded the actual story were, were funnier than anything in the film. Uh, and I'm wondering if I'll feel any differently. I just didn't quite get it. Everybody seemed to be such a, uh, you know, in fact, a lot of my friends were huge fans of this film. And I just, I didn't, I didn't laugh a lot from what I remember. So I'll be curious to see if I have a different reaction. I may, I may feel differently. So, um, but anyway, if you were a fan of Tropic Thunder, well, uh, you can get it in 4k now from Kino Lorber studio classics. And we'll move along real quickly. Um, we also have, uh, by Candlelight, which is a, uh, uh, pre-code romantic, uh, comedy from 1933, directed by James Whale, who directed the original Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein, uh, Murder at the Vanities, and actually has a, uh, Duke Ellington performance in this film, uh, believe it or not, this is from 1934, it's another, uh, it's a drama mystery, um, and uh, so we have that. And let's see here. We have uh, the Blue Iguana. Uh, we have, that's from 1988. That stars Dylan McDermott and Jessica Harper and James Russo and Dean Stockwell. And we have, ooh, let's see, just a few other things here. Blind Fury starring Rutger Hauer. <laughs> uh, he may be blind, but he don't need no dog. That was the tagline. <laughs> he's uh, uh philip noyce directed this uh you know he's a um a blind vietnam vet with the calm of a zen master and the precision of a sharp shooter yeah um, people like that movie yeah they do yep 
and it's a it's a unique physical uh, challenge for for Rutger Hauer mm-hmm, when sure. he did when he did that. You don't get to do that kind of part often. No, that's true. That's true. It was definitely something different. Well, there's a new audio commentary there by uh, screenwriter Charles Robert Carner and moderated by uh, Douglas Hostel. So theatrical trailer, newly remastered in 2K as well. So anyway, the score, uh, starring Robert De Niro, Ed Norton, and Marlon Brando, directed by um, Frank Oz. There was a lot of, uh, I remember when this film came out, there was a lot of uh, talk in the uh, the trades about how Marlon Brando and Frank Oz did not get along. <laughs> it's a yeah. lot of uh, behind the scenes well, drama a, going there's on. There's a there. long line behind Frank Oz. Uh, so. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. The best thing, I mean, I, I like the score, okay? Uh-huh. Um, but the best thing about the extras is that extra that just shows Brando and De Niro doing like five takes of something. And Brando is just running circles around De Niro uh, in terms of just his his playfulness and his experimenting with every line and Mm -hmm. giving something different, like a different nuance in every take. And De Niro's kind of very steadfast and he's set, you know. Yeah. Uh, But not to say that De Niro's thrown, but uh, he's not up to Brando's level of playfulness. That would be something you'd never accuse De Niro of, of being a playful actor. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Yeah, he knows what he wants before he gets to the set. That's true. Yeah, that's that's his... That's uh, a, that's but his... it's a fascinating extra. And it's on that... It's on all the incarnations of... you know, mm-hmm. but It's on the 4K, too. But I, I would recommend watching that. On, yeah. Or on YouTube. It's on YouTube as well. Did you pick up the 4K by any chance? No. No, not okay. yet. Yeah, it's uh, it's been remastered by Paramount, approved by the cinematographer Rod Rob Hahn, but it is yes a 4K upgrade, and you get archival commentaries and uh, some other stuff like that, like you were mentioning. So anyway, film noir, the dark side of cinema. Uh, I guess that's uh, gosh, it looks like uh, volume eight maybe. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm not sure. Uh, Lady on a Train is in this set. Um, Let's see, we have uh, Tangier in the set, Take One False Step, all these from the 1940s. And we have The Eyes of Laura Mars. That's still Kino, right? Yes, these are all Kinos, yes. God, they got so much film noir on on Blu-ray yeah. and 4K now. There's the set that has the Blue Dahlia on it. Mm-hmm. I've never seen the Blue Dahlia. but I haven't of, either. Of course, it's infamous now, because that's mm-hmm. where the they say the Black Dahlia got her moniker. Right. Sure, sure, yeah. Uh, you know, you, they'll probably more people know that than they do the movie, the Blue <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah, good point. So, uh, got the shrink wrap here. You can oh, good. The... Mm, for those <laughs> Sound <of shrink>. fetishistic <laughs> Blu ray yeah. aficionados out there. That's true. Anyway, uh, I hold in my hands The Eyes of Laura Mars, actually. That's uh, another Kino release. Uh, this is. Um, you know, co-written by John Carpenter, same year that he wrote and directed Halloween and the uh, television film Somebody's Someone's Watching Me. He was a busy guy that year. And The Eyes of Laura Mars is a flawed mystery thriller directed by Irvin Kirshner. And this was supposedly the film that got him the job to direct The Empire Strikes Back two years later, um, or maybe a year later, because I think he started directing it in 79 when they started shooting it. But anyway, nevertheless... The Eyes of Laura Mars is a flawed 
film recently discussed in depth on the uh, Quentin Tarantino podcast. Uh, but it has its moments, and uh, there's it had it captures the late '70s New York City yeah. uh, setting it very very well. Um, this uh, new release is just a Blu-ray, but it does have the archival audio commentary by Urban Kirshner and Visions, a 1978 promotional feature ad. It's a plot of the film, of course, is that uh, you got Faye Dunaway, who's a fashion photographer, who has these she can see murders as they're being committed from the victim's point of view and. Uh, anyway, there are a lot of red herrings in this film, a lot of characters who could be the killer or maybe not. And, you know, there's Brad Dourif. He's looking pretty sketchy here. And Rene Orbejonois and oh, Tommy Lee Jones. Anyway, uh, it's kind of a fun movie, like I said. Again, flawed, but this transfer is immaculate. It's uh, really enhanced my enjoyment of the film Good. a lot. And I must uh, vouch for Kino's work on this uh, restoration of Eyes of Laura Mars. So anyway, I like it. Okay. Yeah, I do too. I like that. Uh, I like the scene with the tauntauns. That was good. Yeah. Erwin Kirshner. <laughs> Isn't that what they're <laughs> called? The Empire <laughs> yes. Strikes Back. That's yeah, okay. true. Yeah, Faye, Faye Dunaway riding around on those tauntauns Taunt in yeah. New, York, <laughs> New York City uh, streets. This is killing my ass. Uh, she was such a prima donna. <laughs> sure. Well, there's a special edition of Happy Birthday to Me, the uh, 1981 horror It would have to be film. like riding a camel, right? Oh, this... yeah, right? You yeah, I guess. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah. All right, I'm simple. sorry. The, ne uh, the next one you said, Happy Birthday well, that... to Me. Yeah. Yes. Did they yes. time this? I mean, the, for Tarantino to be talking about the both, it, it seems... Uh... I know. Do they have stock in Kino Lorber? <laughs> I, will, I will say that the... Uh... Uh, whatever movies they talk about on um, his podcast, uh, they show up on Amazon Prime. They're mm -hmm. they're like promoted on the front page. Interesting. Very so interesting. I guess he's having a an influence. Yeah. And uh, while we're on the subject of Tarantino, have you gotten the new book and have you started reading it yet? If you have, I don't read. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's right. No. Well, you did. No, I mean, not reading look, as much. I've as... I I read a lot, but I right. I don't buy books anymore because my eyes right. are all screwed up. So I can I can read a um I can read a Kindle, but sure. I have I haven't picked it up yet. I got it. I'm about uh, oh, about fifteen percent into it. <laughs> it's pretty good actually. Uh, he's it's uh, it's interesting because he has access to a lot of the you know obviously he's directed some films so he knows a few things about what the system is like, and he no, he has enough access to people that were there when some of these films yeah. were shot that he can actually just call them up. Like Walter Hill wrote the film The Getaway, and uh, you've got that, and he calls up, uh, he did an interview with uh, uh, Steve McQueen's widow, his first wife, and well, not his widow, but his first wife, let's say that. Mm -hmm. And she was the one that read a lot of his scripts and helped him pick his projects, and so there's a lot of interesting stories that he gleans from uh, people that, but how much know, of the book is actually the title of the book? I, I hear uh, very, I hear very little. Like the title is cinema spe speculation. Well, there's just he there's some of that in there. In like uh, for instance, he, he goes into what Taxi Driver would have been right. had Brian De Palma directed it. You know, right. he theorizes on some stuff like that. So there's some of that in there. You know, uh, it's, it's but fair it enough. seems so weird that you title the book something that the book is not largely. <laughs> Yeah, it is to an, a, a certain degree, so it's not quite false advertising, but yeah, it's... It's, it's like it's calling your issue. book A Tale of Two Cities, and you're only writing about one city here. So. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> well, anyway, I'm in, I'm enjoying it a lot. Actually, I'm sure. I'm sure it's, it's entertaining. It's a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, his enthusiasm comes through on the page. And, Speaking uh, of speculation, I was watching the Coppola, um, listening to the Coppola commentary on Dracula. Mm-hmm. And he said uh, Keanu Reeves' part in that movie, which is by far the weakest element. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Good lord. Stone line readings. Uh, Johnny Depp was cast in that part, like until right before production. And the studio nixed it because Johnny Depp wasn't a big enough star. Jesus. In 92. Jesus. That's amazing. Man, they should some cinema slap themselves for you. over that. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it would have cut out a major embarrassing part of that film. Yeah. And yeah, even he's... Keanu Reeves would admit that. I mean, he wasn't very good. I mean, he knows that in that yeah, movie. Little wet behind the ears, as they say. Yeah. He's uh, still learning, learning his craft. Yeah, he's he's definitely out of his element in that film, and his, his line readings are pretty tone deaf. Um... You're out of your element, Donnie. <laughs> very good. It applies to everything in life, the big Lebowski. Yes, true. It does. Yes. There's a lot of... Uh... Sage advice there. So happy birthday to me. A uh, special edition of that, directed by Jay Lee Thompson, starring Melissa Sue Anderson, Glenn Ford. Not your typical slasher film, although it has some slasher film elements, but it's a little a little bit different, a little smarter than what you were typically getting around that time. Uh, I've, it's been a while since I've seen it. I did not get a review copy of this. I, uh, I already had a copy on Blu-ray lying around here, and I didn't want to... Uh, abuse my privileges about getting review copies so i thought you know i don't want to ask for too much so uh, man if i, I had a dime just... for every single glenn ford shish kebab down the throat movie yeah <laughs> yeah i want to go back and watch this again i really do especially after hearing their podcast and because there's a lot of it i've forgotten so uh, so anyway bonus interviews new interview with the actress tracy bregman new audio commentary by the co-screenwriter timothy bond and uh uh, three TV spots. So anyway, there's another film noir collection here. This is The Dark Side of Cinema 10. I guess the other one was 9. Sorry, I read those Roman numer numerals wrong. Flesh and Fury, The Square Jungle. Uh, these are from the 50s. Uh, World in My Corner. And Dress to Kill was another mm. of the 4K upgrades that Kino gave us. And that's uh, pretty, pretty spectacular. I have I'd to love to get it. I bought it. And they just never ship, so I canceled it. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I've yeah, had uh, bad problems with that this month. I think uh, I think there's a demand for it out there, and uh, so I was lucky in that they sent me one, and I didn't know if I was going to get one because they had told me they were sending me one, and that I waited about almost a month before it came. So there may be some uh, replication issues. I'm not sure, but it took me a while to get mine as well. So mm. it's not just the people who are. Ordering. But anyway, luckily I did, and uh, it's uh, a stellar transfer of the film. The sound design is the the, the uh, audio on this is really a nice upgrade. I have to admit, um, uh, you can hear the the thunder and the climax of the film just roaring in the rear channels behind behind you when you're oh, watching good. it and all that. It's uh, it's really really good stuff. Uh, picture looks fantastic. Um, this is a uh, anyway, 4K, 4K scan of the original camera negative. But anyway, I don't have to say anything about the plot of Dress to Kill uh, that hasn't been said already. But it does have a new audio commentary by film critic and author Maitland McDonough. And a lot of these other featurettes that were previously issued on other 
issues of the film. And there's uh, actually a Noah Bombach interview that is not here that's on the Criterion release of the film from five, six, seven years ago, I think it was. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Dress to Kill. That's just a... Is that separate from his interview segment from the movie? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. That's on yeah. Blowout, too. And I'm talking yeah, about yeah. That. He did a one hour on Blowout. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah. It's, yeah. This so, were... so weird. So weird the Bombeck is a, you'd never peg him as a De Palma fan. No, you wouldn't. That's true. So it's, uh, anyway. So Dress to Kill out there in a 4K upgrade, as well as The Usual Suspects. Mm. Uh, um, and this is uh, a pretty big deal about the usual suspects because the extras on this release of the usual suspects haven't seen the light of day since the DVD era. They were shot for a special edition. I think all the cast members were involved, and um, you know it was it was hard to get some of them to participate, and they all just decided to say yes, and so they did. And then these extras were shelved for subsequent blu-ray releases but have now been reinstated with this new 4k upgrade of the usual suspects and uh so anyway uh, it's um like i said it's a new um new transfer all that stuff and these uh extras that haven't been around for a while so if you have it may be worth picking up another copy of, i haven't seen i haven't seen that movie since it came out i've seen it once or twice i think it's, you understand it uh I don't think there's a lot to understand there. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I I just remember it being so overly complicated. I mean, I I, I, that, I got the ending. I didn't get what was going on, you know, throughout 75% of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Roger Ebert made a pretty good case for uh, The Emperor Has No Clothes with that one. And he's, uh, if you go back and read some of his writings about The Usual Suspects, he makes a good case that it's, it's really... Uh, uh, much ado about nothing. I think it probably uh, is, but I think people people <laughs> thought they loved it because it had a smashing ending. Right, and it does. It, it's very well shot, very well done, and uh, the ending is great. And uh, but a lot of the the plot machinations, uh, it's it's just for it's just to serve that ending. I think that's my take on it. That was Roger Ebert's take on it. And I think he's accurate. So um, anyway, the Rainmaker is uh, stars Burt Lancaster and Catherine. Hepburn, you know, this is the one with Burt Lancaster's uh, a con man that goes around promising to make it rain in places where they're in desperate need of rain out in the Midwest. And uh, it's directed by Joseph Anthony, based on a Broadway play, 1956. Yeah, I almost did that play years ago. Really? Interesting. Just didn't didn't pull the trigger on it. Yeah. Well, Julie Cargo does the audio commentary here, who's uh, been on our show before. And uh, she's a really very knowledgeable person who's uh, always interesting to hear her insights about films. So anyway, this is a yeah, this is this is a good release uh, from a 6K remaster of uh, <laughs> the film. So anyway, from Paramount, uh, the Lon- Lonely Hearts, uh, starring Myrna Loy, Robert Ryan, Montgomery Clift. This is from 1959, and this is another Kino release. Um, it's a a drama about an idealist caught up in the rough and tumble world of newspaper journalism. And uh, so we have that, and it has uh, no extras that I'm seeing here. Uh, the Counterfeit Trader, William Holden and Lily Palmer, Palmer. Sorry about that. That's from 1962, directed by George Seaton, who later did uh, Airport and had previously done Miracle on 34th Street. And... 
so this has a yeah, also Julie Kurgo contributing a commentary on that one as well. And then we have a couple of uh, their subsidiary label Scorpion releasing. They've also uh, through them they've released Golden Girl from 1979, directed by Joseph Sargent and starring Susan Anton and James Coburn. And Island of the Blue Dolphins from 1964, starring George Kennedy and Cesar Romero. Uh, and um, no appearances by an orange wedge, I'm told. But uh, anyway, <laughs> it's inside joke about Cesar Romero there. Uh, the Sporting Club from 1971. That's why you listen to our podcast, the inside jokes about yeah. <laughs> Cesar Romero. And his orange wedge. Where else uh, can you get that? That's right. Larry Pierce directs The Sporting Club, and it stars Jack Warden and Margaret Bly. And he was the director of The Other Side of the Mountain, parts one and two, and The Incident, which I absolutely love. Margaret Bly? she Irish? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm not familiar with this one. No, I'm sure she's Irish with a name like that. I would think so. There's a new interview with director Larry Pierce about this film, but uh, anyway, he's an interesting director, so... You know, maybe worth checking out. So anyway, that's your Kino titles for the month, and we're damn. We'll move along. Yeah, they've always got a loaded slate. All right, that's the first half hour of the show. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's it's uh, they <clears throat> they pump them out as they say. So anyway, we'll move along to a few. Actually, they uh, they actually released through their subsidiary label Cohen Film Collection a couple other things too. I'll mention these going places. The uh, French film starring uh, Gerard de Perdue and um, Bertrand Blier, Jean Moreau, and Isabelle Huppert from 1974 about a couple of uh, a couple of dudes who uh, decide to just do whatever they feel like. Didn't de Perdue get arrested for urinating in an airplane? I think so. Yeah, yeah. So he really was going places. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I think I'll go right here. <laughs> It's very much like his character in this film, trust me. Uh, it was called Gleefully Anarchic by Pauline Kael. That's, she was a fan of this film. And one of the most mordant satires ever made, said the New York Times. But anyway, this has a new audio commentary tracked by the professor of film studies at Columbia University, Richard Pina. And um, so Going Place is getting a Blu-ray release, the 1974 film. And... Let's see, there was one other... Oh, yes, I've heard The Mermaid Singing from 1987, which is a nice little film about this this girl who uh, gets a job as a temp and befriends the lady who... and actually kind of has a crush on the lady who runs the company, but the, uh, the lady, it's like an art... Uh, she's a um, uh, lady who does uh, deals with art. She's an art dealer, I guess you'd say, and the main character gets a job there as a temp, and she... Falls for the lady who runs the company, but she's already involved with somebody else, and uh, she's uh, the the main character is also trying to get her. She's she likes to take pictures uh, as a hobby, and she's trying to get her art noticed as well. And so it's uh, kind of a love triangle, I guess, between these three, coupled with the fact that the main character wants to get her career started. Anyway, it's a it's a nice little uh, it's stylistically well done, interesting touches there, I think, and uh, it's short. About an hour and twenty minutes to the point. Roger Ebert was a big fan of this film, and I liked it too. It's a, it's a, it's a fun little movie. I've heard the mermaids singing from nineteen eighty seven. It's a Canadian film uh, from Cohen Media, releasing, and that's a first time ever Blu ray release for that as well. 
and a couple of uh, DVD releases here. Ed Sullivan's Rock and Roll Classics is a new collection from Time Life, 10 DVD set of tons of musical performances from The Ed Sullivan Show. And that comes with a nice little uh, book here uh, in the set as well. And it's uh, just all kinds of uh, too many to mention. Uh, but uh, it's one of those Time Life sets as they are known to do. So I just want to mention that Ray Donovan uh, has the complete series has come out uh, in a DVD release, and uh, it's I don't think it's on I don't think it's a Blu-ray it's just DVD only, but it includes the Ray Donovan the movie which recently uh, came out, and then we have um, Dexter the complete series and the reboot Dexter New Blood has been issued on Blu-ray as well. All both of those from uh, CBS DVD, the last two we mentioned. So, um, anyway, and so we'll move along from that. And let's see what we have here. Oh, Fright Night has gotten, speaking of the Halloween titles, Fright Night has received a 4K upgrade, and uh, I didn't get a review copy of this. I don't get a lot of product from Sony, unfortunately, but they say the transfer is pretty outstanding. It's pretty revelatory, and uh, the remastering is is something to behold. I, I don't know if I'm it's told. revelatory, but it looks good. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Well, yeah, did you, you get, you got it, I assume. Yeah. Oh, very good. Got the, got the steel book and it's a very attractive package. Mm. No, it's good. Um, yeah. yeah, I was impressed with it, with the transfer and this, and the audio tracks, but, um, and it's got some good, interesting extras on it. Yeah. I got the uh, the one, I think it was Arrow put it out as a, it, it was never issued in America, it was just a UK import only, and I got it, and it has a two and a half hour documentary on the making of the film, which is quite quite good, and I, since I just bought that one three or four years ago, I thought, I don't know if I'm going to do the, the upgrade, because it looks great, the one I have, so. Yeah, everyone's, a, everyone's good in it, but it is interesting to think 87, was that the year, or was it 88? 85. 85. 85. Oh, yeah, they cast Chris Sarandon as a sex symbol, which I guess, you know, <laughs> when you judge from the beginnings of his career opposite Al Pacino and Dog Day, it just seems like quite a leap. But, I yeah. know, it's true. And well, then, I know. Then I watched Child's Play, the other Tom Holland thing he did, so. Yeah, not, not really a sex symbol in that one, but. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know when, uh, when Fright Night came on cable, we used to watch it quite a bit, and my younger sister. Uh, she was she was definitely entranced by Chris Sarandon. She said, "Wow, he's a he's a handsome guy." Wow. <laughs> so it worked for her. So wow. I don't know. Uh, she was she was really. Uh, I saw it in the theater. Actually, I saw it. Uh, I was a regular reader of Fangoria magazine way back in '85. I actually subscribed to it at one point. I was in high school at the time, and I saw it. And I kind of knew who Tom Holland was because I had previously seen uh, Psycho Two and Beast Within. I was the kind of nerdy guy, movie guy who would read the credits. And so I knew he had written those films. And so I thought, I, I'm interested to see this. And I loved it. I absolutely loved yeah, it. Yeah, it's point a fun movie. I, right. And I went back to the theater the very next week and saw it again. On a, wow. I saw it on a Sunday afternoon, went right back the very next week, saw it again. So yeah. I did see Roddy McDowell f- a few years after that. In did you? Per- in person, yeah. Hmm, lucky you. Yeah, I was part of, uh, well, yeah. I was in a, the opening scene of one of his movies, mm-hmm. 
Uh, but before that, my high school arts class took a trip to Universal Studios where they shot some of Shockma, the Killer Monkey movie. <laughs> and uh, so we were there when they were doing publicity photos on the sets. And I was standing outside the soundstage, and Roddy McDowell pulls up in his brown Mercedes Benz or something. And he gets out of his car, and he's wearing this overcoat. It's, it's fucking Florida, by the way. He's yeah, wearing this right. overcoat, and then he's got this scarf on. So he, gets, <laughs> he gets out of his Mercedes, and he takes the scarf, and he so dramatically whips it around his neck, and then sachets into the soundstage. <laughs> yeah, that's Roddy McDowell. <laughs> Just, I mean, you caught a glimpse of him for three seconds, and it was like maximum uh, attitude, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, not he wasn't rude to anybody. He didn't even communicate with anybody, but... Just you know, his you know he, he had a posture about him. Sure, yeah. Well, he was good. Uh, you know, he was a and he was a real film lover too. You know, he was. Yeah. I think he was he was one of the uh, people that they actually raided his home because he actually collected prints of right. films before you know VCR tapes were available for rental, and he actually had thirty five millimeter prints, and somebody turned it, somebody snitched on him, and he was arrested. Yeah, uh, I believe it was 1975. So there's a, there's a whole story about that that's quite quite interesting. Um, so yeah, he was and and I don't know if you've ever looked him up or not, but there are some fascinating home movies that he took when he would have parties, and they're up on YouTube. You can oh, actually yeah. see his his home movies. I should uh, watch that. Yeah, they oh, talk yeah, about him a lot in those special features. Of oh yeah, Fortnite. they're very interesting. Yeah, extremely. So uh, yeah, if if uh, anybody out there listening hasn't looked at those, I would I would recommend it. Yeah, he was a definite special. conduit to uh, sure a lot of the history of Hollywood. Yeah. And at that time, people were you know the people he worked with were interested. The young people were interested in hearing about that history. Yeah, yeah, he really cared. I mean, you know, not only was he in the business, but he cared about the business. He yeah. was a fan. And that's there's something. Well, you know, said. I hear like stories about a movie I like in her shoes. With um, that Curtis Hansen did with Tony Collette and Cameron Diaz and Shirley MacLaine, and mm-hmm. I saw an interview with Shirley MacLaine, and she was like, "The you know the younger people on the movie, nobody asked me a single question. Like they weren't interested in the history of anything." Yeah, it doesn't surprise me, but it's shameful. It's yeah. really shameful. I mean, you couldn't have uh, had I been there, you would have never shut me up. I would have. I would have. Gotten oh, yeah. out of her, whatever she was willing to divulge. Yeah, you would have been yeah, kicked off the lot. I probably would. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's shameful. Anyway, another, and that's a Sony release, by the way, uh, Friday Night 4K. And, oh, there, and there's a new feature on there, I believe, an uh, interview with Amanda Bierce, I believe. I don't think that's ever been issued before. I think oh, yeah. that's a new, yeah, yeah. new, uh, a new bonus thing. Anyway, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula has been reissued on 4K. I already had it. It came out a couple of years ago in 4K, but... We just talked about that earlier, but that has been... That's a terrific transfer, though. I, I will give you that. Oh, it's still um, the best. Uh, that and Midsommar are the two best mm-hmm. 4Ks I've seen. Yeah, and the audio presentation. The audio for Dracula is just out of this world. It really is. Jeez. Yeah, get you a nice, uh, dedicated sound system there and put that on. And that's you really it. feel like your TV is going to blow up. Like everything yeah, in your system is going to blow up. It almost, right. almost scared me. I was like, should I turn this down? Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> I had to go and adjust the uh, when I, I rewatched it during the Halloween season, and I had to go readjust my um, 
my subwoofer. I had to turn the uh, turn yeah. the volume down on my subwoofer. I'm like, oh, that's too much. Whoa. So anyway, yeah, Army of Darkness has been. Oh, and by the way, the Dracula retains all of the uh, the previous extras. By the way, on the 4K upgrade, uh, Army of Darkness has been issued by Scream Factory in a 4K uh, Ultra HD edition upgrade, and um, um, it has. I think it's just the standard theatrical version that gets the 4K upgrade and all of the multiple cuts of the film have been retained on Blu-ray but I don't think they could find the negatives for those so they didn't want to they didn't want to just, you know, sample them from lower grade material so they just put them on left them on Blu-ray and so anyway, uh, Army of Darkness is not my favorite of this series. I uh, I think it starts pretty well and then it kind of falls apart somewhere in the middle. Uh, I love Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, but this one just never... I saw it theatrically and was a little let down, and over the years I've kind of felt the same way about it. But I think the the series is actually better than Army of Darkness. Ash versus the Evil Dead captures the spirit of those earlier films. Much better, I think. But nevertheless, there is some good stuff to embrace in Army of Darkness. There are some interesting uh, makeup creations and the... The skeleton army, all that good stuff. And you know, so anyway, it's not not a not a terrible film, but the least of that series, I would say. But anyway, Night of the Living Dead getting a 4K upgrade, the George Romero classic. That's Criterion release. Nothing new in terms of extras, but you get all of the previous extras getting uh, retained there. Uh, the Halloween 4K collection from Screen Factory is another release. Uh, 1995 to 2002, these films. Uh, these are the ones that were they start with the curse of Michael Myers and they go all the way through um, uh, Halloween Resurrection which is considered by a lot of people to be the worst of the series yeah. and that's saying something <laughs> so that's the one with Busta Rhymes and all that you uh, know it's it's the haunted house isn't that the haunted house one I believe or I don't know I never saw that one it's, but... yeah it's uh pretty bad anyway and directed by rick rosen rosenthal uh, who directed halloween 2 interestingly enough i think uh, he did that i think he did that one i know he did the oh maybe he didn't i'm not sure i should take that back retract that but anyway scream 2 has been issued by uh paramount on 4k ultra hd for the first time ever in the steelbook edition and the standard uh blu-ray uh standard Slipcase edition, I should say. Uh, so there you go. Uh, Catch Me If You Can has finally made the Blu-ray upgrade, the Steven Spielberg film uh, from 2002. And you have uh, the DC League of Super Pets. It's animated film from Warner Brothers. Star Trek Picard Season 2 getting a Blu-ray issue from Paramount. Uh, the Paper from 1994, Ron Howard film getting a Blu-ray issue from Mill Creek, and also the, the Replacement Killers from 1998, The Shadowlands from 1993, The Cure from 1995, all those getting uh, uh, reissues on Blu-ray from Mill Creek. And let's see here, what else we have? Uh, let's see, just a few other things. Things here we have a Lost Highway moving on to October 11th. David Lynch's Lost Highway getting a 4K upgrade from Criterion. This is a new restoration of the film. 
And uh, I hear that uh, if you're a fan, it's something to behold. I, I was never the biggest fan of Lost Highway. Its uh, charms seem to elude me. Uh, I appreciate David Lynch's talents, but this wasn't just didn't connect with this one. But I know a lot of people do love it. So uh, we I, I liked it more this time watching it on 4K than I ever have before. Yeah, well, that's something um, to be said for that. And the uh, and the sound is amazing. First of all, it's Lost Highway is a lot like Eraserhead, and that the, there's there's always that low rumble throughout mm-hmm. the entirety of the movie. Oh yeah, Lost Highway. Um, but I kind of. I kind of connected with it um, more than I ever have. That and Mulholland I connected with, especially uh, when I watched them both on 4K. Um, because it's, you know, the the notion of uh, doppelgangers and doubles and triples and this person is this person and, that, and now they're that person and then what these people represent and, you know, it, it kind of gelled for me. Mm-hmm. Sure. Like, it, like it hadn't before, and it it made the movies more effective. It's funny how that works sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. But I still can't Whoa. fathom why it's the, you know, we'll get a new sight and sound list this month, but I still can't fathom why it's the the most recent top rated movie on that list, and why it's <laughs> why it's the most beloved David Lynch movie. Mulholland yeah. Drive. Oh yeah, Mulholland Drive, not Lost Highway. But no, no, no. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, we've talked about this before. Twin Peaks Fire Walk with Me would be a preferred choice, I think. Well, uh, you know, even my my favorite movie period is Wild at Heart, but oh, I st- but I'd still say Blue Velvet is David Lynch's masterpiece. Yeah, yep, yep. Filmed uh, only a couple hours from where I'm at. Isn't that amazing? And that's exactly why, it's, because it's so it's, close to your house. <laughs> there, there you go. That's what it was. Uh, so. Yeah, I should drive out there and go visit the location you should. sometimes. You should I do really a video. should. I'm not that far. Yeah, I should. I should definitely do that. I, I need to. I need to make that happen. I mean, I'm in Lakeland, Florida. What am, What am I gonna? Am I gonna go out to Tampa? And so this is where the uh, the Punisher was filmed with Thomas <laughs> Jane all those years ago. Yeah, we've got some interesting locations here, uh, not far from where I'm at. Evil Dead Two, as we just previously mentioned, it was filmed about maybe two hours from here. And uh, there's a lot of those Dino dealers. Maximum Overdrive, obviously, filmed not far from here. And yeah. uh, Firestarter, Silver Bullet. Yeah, that's good. All of those were... All I've got are Edward Scissorhands and My Girl. <laughs> you got Cape Fear, don't you? That was no. Oh, that's right. Well, that's Miami. Or Fort Lauderdale, I think, that show. Yeah, that's right. They did some uh, stuff at the Universal Studios, I think, there. Jaws to- 3D was shot a couple of cities over. That's true. Yeah, because that was shot in SeaWorld and um, Orlando and Cypress Gardens and Winter Haven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. that is true. Creature from the Black Lagoon, that was oh, shot here in Florida. I don't think very far away. I think you're right. That's, yeah. That sounds correct. Well, we'll see. It's better than... It's It's not as dire as you thought. <laughs> there are famous people buried here. I can go yes. go visit Ronnie Van Sant sometime in Jacksonville. Right. Yeah. That's right. And hopefully they won't desecrate his grave again as they did all those years ago. But there's a other interesting <laughs> person. There's a per- interesting person buried in Tampa. I read years ago. I can't think of what his name was, but he was a co-conspirator with John Wilkes Booth in the assassination of Lincoln. Wow. I yeah. need to do some research on that. Something like that. Yeah. That's very interesting. Go pay my respects. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. <laughs> That's a joke, folks. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so Lost Highway 4K upgrade, and I think it's previously been a Criterion release. Maybe I'm not sure, but anyway, I'm sure there's a few. If it hasn't been, I'm sure there's new extras, and if it has been, they're probably just porting over the old extras. But nevertheless, Arsenic and Old Lace, the uh, Frank Capra film from 1944, starring Cary Grant, has gotten a Blu-ray issue. I don't think this is 4K. It's just Blu-ray, but it's the first time ever for Criterion. And uh, there are some new extras with this. I think there's new commentaries and featurettes, all that type stuff. Uh, the Limey. Steven Soderbergh's The Limey from mm. 1999, starring Terrence Stamp. That's been long uh, sought after. A lot of people were, it took a long time for them to make, for this film to make the leap to the high definition, but it finally has in uh, all of its high definition glory on 4K. The Limey, um, which is an interesting film, I think. Uh, to Kill a Mockingbird, also getting a 4K release from Universal, along with the Universal Monsters, Classic Monsters Collection, 1932 to 1954. This includes, you know, Bride of Frankenstein, Creature from the Black Lagoon, as you just mentioned, Phantom of the Opera, the 43 version, uh, and uh, The Mummy, and Frankenstein. So, you know, The Wolfman, I think, is in there, too. So, uh, you know, those are... Uh, they did a terrific job with those Blu-rays. I have the Blu-rays. The Wolfman in the first, the f- first collection. Maybe it is. Maybe yeah, Wolfman, right. Frankenstein, Dracula, and uh, Invisible Man is in the first. I think it, that sounds correct, yeah. This is volume two, you're right. Because uh, I have the Blu-ray set. It has all of them, but there's not... I guess they probably limit the amount of titles from what they did in, in the Blu-ray so they can get the, get you the uh, the, uh, the better quality. So, saving space. So, anyway, uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, getting a 4K... Ultra HD upgrade from Shout Factory, courtesy of the Shout Select line. Uh, speaking of movies whose charms elude me, this is one of those. Uh, always has. And I was the age that this film was aimed at. I saw it when I was a teenager. I actually took a date to this film and would have walked out uh, had I not been with a date. And I didn't want to lose the uh, the company of my female companion at the time. So pretend I, you loved it so you can get in yeah. with her? <laughs> I tried, but it didn't Man, work. that's a great movie. <laughs> oh, boy. So, anyway. But moving along, yeah, and uh, so... Did I you saw... get anything at the Criterion uh, or the Barnes & Noble sale yet? Not, not yet, not yet. I, I need to pick up a few things. You yeah, know what so... I've discovered? A lot of those are already have already been half off on Amazon for a while. Probably so, yeah, I, I, I would suspect. I mean, they have been. I mean, Raging Bull has been $25 for like two months now. Mm-hmm. And... But you know, I'll still I need to get that one. Go on their website and pick up some stuff. I'd like to see what the piano looks like. Yeah, we have a Barnes and Noble about ten minutes from my office, so mm. I can just ride over there and go see what they got in the store. That's typically what I do. I'll just go in there. It's kind of fun to peruse the shelves like we used to do when we were uh, in in days of old. You know, just like we used to do when we'd go in the physical store. It's kind of fun to go do that. So I go. I went back in July and picked up a few things. Uh, at the last sale, I got um, Uncut Gems. That was one I didn't have. There was a couple, a couple others. But, yeah, uh, there's a. We don't have one in our town, so I'll have to order them. From wow. Them. Well, uh, they have a. I know you're a fan of Investigation of a Citizen Above yeah, Suspicion. I love it. That's that's one of theirs. Uh, I need to pick that one up. I was going to get that last time I was on the fence, and 
I was like, ah, now I want to get something it. wild. Not, oh, yeah. Not the yeah. Demi, but the one from the uh, 50s. The I can't Shirley Baker. Right, yeah, yeah. I love that movie. That's quite a daring movie for its time. Mm-hmm. That's a good choice. Good choice, yeah. And they're Paramount titles. I picked those. I think I got all the Paramount titles. They don't have the licensing for those anymore. So uh, those are uh, and quite the, You know, I'd love to get Persona, but I have a feeling that would probably be a 4K that they'll do eventually. Most likely, yeah. yeah. Looks great, though. I have the, the Bergman box, and it's really... Something to behold. Looks great. They, I don't need all that Bergman. I mean, that's just too much Bergman. <laughs> well, ask me how many of those I've actually watched, and that's a whole other story. But I've got them there in case I ever decide to. So <laughs> get them one of those Bergman kicks. Oh, yeah. And I bought that set at the sale, too, actually. So I got it. Yeah. So anyway, moving along, uh, we have Mark of the Vampire from Warner Archive, one of the two Warner Archive releases for the month of October. This is directed by Todd Browning, whose probably biggest claim to fame was uh, Freaks. Freaks, of course. Dracula, and, right? Did, yeah, did, 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 yeah, that's right, and Dracula. That's what I was going to say. Yep. And um, this is uh, uh, a remake, quasi-remake, of his silent film, London After Midnight, which supposedly is completely lost. Uh, they had an MGM vault fire in the 1960s, I believe it was 67, and it's completely lost, that mm. film other than some stills. Uh, they're hoping one day that it might turn up. It was Lon Chaney Sr. was in the original. But Mark of the Vampire is a quasi-remake of that, and I thought it was pretty bad, actually, to be quite honest. <laughs> it's, uh, I would say it's almost just one step above Ed Wood, and I was really surprised in terms of uh, you know Todd Browning being such a, you know, a, a filmmaker with a stellar reputation. It's... Uh, it they they it's one of these films where they trick you to think that there's a vampire on the loose and all of this type stuff and then there's a big twist at the end and you know, I don't want to say too much about it but it's just it, it, it for six, a 61 minute movie it feels like it's at least three times that long and it's just I I don't know they did a great job with the restoration but and I was aware of this title ever since I was a child it would turn up in horror film books and I'd never seen it and I oh boy. <laughs> mm. wasn't a big fan of this one so uh, anyway but if you are a fan of uh, Mark of the Vampire and Todd Browning you get a commentary on this by uh, Kim Newman and a um, ooh, a cartoon on here an animated cartoon so anyway Mark of the Vampire uh, now I will say that Warner Archive did uh, one of their other titles I, I am a bigger fan of the 1931 Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde is that the one with Barrymore uh, for, this is the Frederick March, the one that preceded oh. uh, the Lionel Barrymore. Yeah, th uh, this is probably the best of all the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde because uh, it's pre-code. So there's some stuff in there that's a little, you know, it's a little uh, uh, not as um, proper, I guess you would say, <laughs> uh, when you know they would slip things in. I love it how Edge of Sanity is getting some love now. I mean, it uh, is. It is. It really is. Arrow did a, a Blu-ray of that that looks looks great. A couple of months ago, I, I got that, and uh, not a great film, but no. it, it's uh, it's it's definitely an interesting. And I love, I love, love Mary Riley, and that was kind of panned at the time. So mm -hmm. I liked it too. I was I was a fan of it. But yeah, this is a terrific restoration of Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, and, and this 
has been hard to find. It's a film that was kind of, you know, they had a um, a thing that they used to do. They did this, I think, also with uh, Gaslight, I believe was the title they did this with, where MGM would, when they were going to remake a film, they would buy the original film and then try to bury it so mm-hmm. nobody would be able to see the other. And so it, this was a film that was hard to, it was a Paramount release, actually, originally, and um they uh, they bought up all the rights to it and tried to to put it away where it couldn't be seen. But luckily, uh, it has they were able to restore it. They were able to find the materials. And uh, there's actually a missing frame here and there if you pay close attention. But it's not it's not jarring or anything like that. But it's kind of interesting. But but the detail is is pretty spectacular. And and uh, so anyway, uh, I would say Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde is worth picking up if you haven't seen that uh the transformations in this film are are amazing it's still just incredible how they were able to achieve this it's so seamless it's not at all like those the like the wolfman and stuff like that where it's i it, it looks like he's literally transforming right before your eyes and it's amazing they were able to pull that off in 1930 1932 i'm sorry i said 31 i was wrong so anyway special features on this two commentaries one by the film historian Steve Haberman, and another one from this uh, Constantine Nasser, who does great work, and uh, both of them actually do. And there's, uh, I'm sorry, the first one is Steve Haberman and Constantine Nasser, and the second commentary is uh, Greg Mank. And there's a cartoon, Hide and Hair. This is the Good one Lord. where Bugs Bunny. All these cartoons uh, on these movies. Yeah, this one's appropriate though because this is the one you probably remember it where. Uh, uh, Bugs Bunny, uh, he's uh, do- he stumbles into the lab of Doctor Jekyll and Mister Doctor Jekyll takes the the Hyde potion or whatever, and Bugs Bunny keeps <laughs> getting attacked by Mister Hyde or whatever. It's it's you know it's it's pretty funny actually, so it's appropriate. And uh, and there's a uh, theater guild on the air radio broadcast, so there you go. Um, that uh, covers the Warner Archive releases of the month and then we have the paranormal activity the ultimate collection it's a, a massive box set that includes all of the paranormal activity films it's called the ultimate chills collection sorry and uh, you can hear the, the shrink wrap on that <laughs> and, uh, it has uh one two three four of the, the first uh, paramount one two three and four uh, a paranormal activity one two three and four sorry uh, paranormal Activity, The Marked Ones, Paranormal Activity, The Ghost Dimension, Paranormal Activity, Next of Kin, which I think has never gotten a disc release. That's the one that was made for the Paramount Streaming, Paramount Plus, I believe. And then there's a bonus disc, The Unknown Dimension, which is a two-hour documentary or something. So anyway, tons of extras here. So if you are a fan of the Paranormal Activity films, well, uh, your day has arrived. They're all in Blu-ray, for courtesy of this nice box set from Paramount. I like the first three, and the um, I'd be interested in watching that documentary. Yeah, I would too. I kind of want to see the new one, just out of curiosity. I haven't seen it, so I uh, would be curious. Anyway, uh, Disturbing Behavior from 1989, uh, 1998 has been issued by MVD, uh, releasing, uh, as has the uh, release from this past summer, with Idris Elba Beast. Came out last August, I believe. And then you get extra uh, bonus, I'm sorry, separate releases of all these uh, 4K Universal Horror titles. Uh, Universal's putting those out separately. I meant to mention that earlier. And let's 
see. Just a couple other things here. Um, let's see. Just a few other things. RoboCop the series from 1994, which was uh, pretty held in pretty high regard. I remember uh, it was kind of after a couple of disappointing sequels. They said this was closer to the spirit of the original film. I have not seen it. I didn't see it when it aired, and I would be curious to investigate that. But that has been issued on Blu-ray, I must say. And so then we get into uh, October 18th. We're getting there, uh, getting towards the end here. Uh, no Escape, starring the uh, recently deceased Ray Liotta. This is a film that has kind of gotten uh, uh, a reappraisal, as you say. I know in a lot of his obits, when he passed away, they were saying, uh, you should see No Escape. They put that alongside of Goodfellas. And uh, <laughs> I, uh, I'm not really quite sure why because it's it's okay but uh, it's not a great film it's directed by martin campbell who you know did a couple of the uh of the uh james bond films and um you know the zorro films i think as well and uh you know it's not a bad film it's about a guy who's uh Put in, uh, he's a former Marine captain, played by Ray Liotta, and he's been sentenced for assassinating his commanding officer, and he's uh, put on an island uh, where he can't escape. That's why it's, hence the title, No Escape. Supposedly he can't escape, but he, 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 he finds ways. <laughs> anyway, it's, it's vaguely interesting. It has some, you know, it's kind of like the most dangerous game, kind of a, a riff on that film. That plot's been recycled many times, but, you know, I don't understand quite all the love for this film, but um, nevertheless... Escape from Alcatraz, is that this Tuesday? Yeah, that's coming, yes. Okay, yeah, coming I'll, down I'll the pike. Yes. So, uh, we also have uh, an Arrow box set, Gothic Fantastico, Four Italian Tales of Terror. And these are some Giallo films that are put it, be, being put together. Uh, kind of hard to find Giallo films from the 60s. Lady Morgan's Vengeance, The Blanchville Monster, and The the Third Eye and the Witch. Sorry, it's four films. And they've all got new commentaries, documentaries, featurettes, and this lovely box set, Gothic Fantastico, The Four Italian Tales of Terror, Blu-ray box from Arrow. And then we also have The Return of the Living Dead has made its way to 4K. And uh, the night speaking of... Other films from August of 1985 released the same month as Fright Night and also has probably an equal uh, cult following that's equal to Fright Night, I would think. And you get uh, a new 4K transfer of the film, but I don't think there's any new uh, other. There's no new bonus material here except for the uh, the 4K is the only new thing here, the transfer of the film. The rest of it's all, uh, you know. Uh, archival extras, including the original uh, work print of the film, which is about, uh, I don't know, 15 minutes longer or something. Uh, But that's taken from a VHS source. It's not really good quality. But there is a two-hour documentary in the making of Return of the Living Dead and uh, on here, and a lot of of featurettes and commentaries and all that stuff. I'll have uh, to watch that. I didn't watch the documentary yet. Yeah, it's good. It's it's good. And, uh, And the film's a lot of fun, too. I remember I saw that one in a theater as well, and I quite enjoyed it then as as I do now. So uh, I must I must say. So anyway, um, we have fall. 
from 2022, which is the one about the two girls who climb up to the uh, I want to the, see that the radio tower. I saw it. I saw it. I wanted to see it when it was playing at the theater too. Mm-hmm. I saw it. It's uh, it's it's good. I'm not going to say it's great, but it's it definitely uh, it has an interesting ending. That's for sure. Kind of surprises you a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I would say I would say B plus I'm rating it on a scale of A, B, C, or D. It's it's fun and it's very well shot, very well shot. So uh, some good good moments in there. So it's it's worth seeing. Have you uh, speaking of new streaming films? Have you seen the Weird Al film no, yet? Not yeah. yet. I want to that's see what I that. Do tonight. I should order Fall because that's like six bucks on Amazon Prime. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's 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 good. So uh, anyway, La Llorona which is a 2019 release. That's a, one of the, you know, Criterion has this thing of releasing, releasing uh, current, fairly recent films, we shall say, and this is one of those as well, La Llorona from 2019, and it um, you know, has some, some new bonus material as well, commentaries, featurettes, all that. American Movie from 1999, which was a, a documentary that's quite funny about the uh, two people trying to... Uh, Put together a uh, low-budget horror film, <laughs> and uh, yeah, he, uh, kinda, one guy just died. Yeah, he sure did. Yeah, he did. Uh, the the main the main guy <laughs> trying to direct the film is his yeah. best friend that's in. The I film. interviewed the other guy. Oh, really? Well, what's his Rorschach? Or it sounds like Rorschach. Who's the other guy? The yeah, I can't remember. Guy with the, the mustache names. and the long yeah. hair. The yeah, the main guy. Yeah, um, and. Uh, I remember I talked to him for like an hour or something, and then mm-hmm. and then I, I kind of was ending the interview, and he said, "Well, Jamie, it seems like you're giving me the old boot." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Well, I don't want to dominate your time. We've been talking for a while, and then, so we ended up just shooting the crap for for a little bit bit longer because he made huh. me feel bad for closing out the interview." Oh wow, man! You just never know. Yeah, it's it's hard to hard to tell when to when to pull the plug on certain things like that. Yeah, it's you know because I'm like you, I try to be respectful of people's time, but if they genuinely want to want to go on, it's like, well, okay. Uh, Bullet Train from last summer has been issued. I guess that's a a Sony release, I believe. Yeah, Bullet Train 4K Blu-ray release. Uh, E.T. has been reissued once again in 4K by Universal. Uh, so there is that. Bodies, 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 another recent theatrical film has been issued in uh, just Blu-ray, I do believe. And uh, Trancers in, has been issued in 4K. I think that's a Vinegar Syndrome release. That's from 1984, the film Trancers. Uh, Two Witches from 2021. It's a recent horror film. That's Arrow releasing that one. And that's uh, just a Blu-ray release with a new commentary and uh, oh, featurettes, documentaries, all that stuff. Uh, the Razor's Edge from 1984 with Bill Murray. That's a Sony release on Blu-ray for the first time. Who directed ever. that one? Oh, gosh. It's not Richard Marquand, is it? Uh, it might be. The guy who did Return of the Jedi. I want to say that's him, but I could be wrong on that. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. No, John Barham. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm thinking of something else. Maybe I'm thinking. I'm thinking of Jagged Edge. Maybe. Maybe that's. That is Mark One. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Mark One. That's that's what I'm thinking about. Jagged Edge. Yep. Sorry. 
sorry, sorry, sorry. Getting my edge is uh, confused. So <laughs> anyway, oh, uh, and the uh, recent documentary about Boris Karloff uh, is getting a uh, that uh, Screen Factory distributed previously. That's uh, that's getting a, a release as well on Blu-ray. That's pretty good. If you haven't seen it, I would recommend it. Uh, a couple of uh, Warner, uh, or rather, uh, Woody Allen titles that had gone out of print. They were originally Twilight Time titles. Now they're getting reissued by this company, Sandpiper Pictures. I'm uh, can't seem to get any re- review product from them, so I'm not sure what goes on there. But anyway, thankfully they're putting out the Purple Rose of Cairo, Radio Days, and Broadway Danny Rose again, so you don't have to pay a hundred bucks to get them uh, like you did uh, before they were reissued. Um. And let's see, just uh, moving along here to a couple other, down to the last day of October. October 25th, we had Nope uh, from this year, earlier this year in the the summertime. This was the latest Jordan Peele uh, horror sci-fi film. I thought it was uh, interesting, Uh, not entirely successful, didn't quite... uh, live up to its uh, promise but there's some some interesting stuff going on there I would say so uh, but if you haven't seen nope and you didn't get to the theater and you just want to watch it in the comfort of your own home well it's out there on 4k and and blu-ray from Universal and then we also have the last detail part of the shout select line of titles previously issued on a blu-ray as part of the Twilight time series of titles, but now we have a, uh, a 4K upgrade from Shout Select. I don't know what the transfer is on this. I I haven't really read any reviews, and I didn't get a review copy, so not sure, but nevertheless, uh, Columbia Classics Collection, Volume 3. They've been putting out these uh, limited edition box sets of Columbia films, and uh, they this is the third volume. These things go out of print really quickly, and the other two are in high demand. I think they're going for quite a bit of money uh, uh, on uh, eBay. But uh, so if you want to get this one, you probably probably should get it now. It's you can get it for around a hundred bucks. Uh, the list price on it's about 165, but with the sales going on now, you can get it for about a hundred. I don't know if anybody wants to really plop down that much but anyway what's in it is it happened one night from here to eternity to sir with love the last picture show annie as and as good as it gets all these appearing on 4k for the first time ever and some of these have some pretty substantial bonus content that's never been issued before i know annie our uh our one of our previous guests lee gambin who does a lot of the commentaries he did a bunch of extras for this annie uh, including a one of the last interviews, I think, with uh, Anne Reinking mm. before she passed away for this new set. So there's quite a bit of bonus material. I don't know about the last picture show, but I do know that it has, uh, for the first time ever, they the original theatrical cut of the last picture show is being included here. You know, Bogdanovich is uh, his preferred version was the director's cut that was issued as part of the Criterion Laserdisc series in the early 1990s. You know, it reinstated that scene on the pool table with Sybil Shepard and uh, Clue Gulliger that was not in the original theatrical cut. And so this... They uh, really want you to buy the box set because they don't sell them individually. They don't. That's true. I'm not so interested in that third volume, but I am the second one. 
Yeah, what all was in the second one? I'm, I'm drawing a blank. I can't remember. Uh, I mean, Taxi Driver is among the ones in the oh, second Oh, yes, one. right, 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 yeah. And then um, the first one's already sold out, so uh, mm, oh, you, yeah. you got to pay between $500 dollars $900 on eBay Sounds to Sounds right, yep, yep. Yeah, I get the press releases on these, but they never send me any, so I don't, uh, I don't get a chance to get to, to uh, take a peek at them. And uh, but I, I, there's some good stuff on this new book. I mean, Annie's a guilty pleasure for me. I can't say it's an entirely successful musical, but and I'm not a big musical guy, but you know, there's a nostalgia factor going on there, there for me because I was about 12 when that came out, a, and it reminds me of a, uh, of happy times back in my youth. So, uh, and as good as it gets, I'm a huge fan of that and Last Picture Show. I love both of those, so, you know, I don't know, but... Reminds me of when I was a child and I was adopted by a a rich man in a mansion and <laughs> Carol Burnett was the head of my orphanage, or is that what she played in that movie? That's correct, yes. Oh, and remember we saw where it was filmed when we were in L.A. We did, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, that true. was part of the uh, Warner Brothers backlot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh. Come on, sing us some tomorrow. Come on. Oh, the sun will come out tomorrow. I'll do the uh, William Shatner version. The sun will come out tomorrow. <laughs> so you bet. <laughs> so you bet. I I always like the song. It's a hard knock life. Oh, I do too. And it's actually a really kind of, I mean, it's a joyful, joyfully arranged, but it's kind of a sad song if you pay attention to the lyrics. It is. You know, the one that gets me from that film is maybe. That's the one that gets me. Yeah. I love the melody of that song. It's mm. beautiful, beautiful, I think. And uh, don't force me to sing that one. But, uh, yeah, that's a great, that's my favorite of the of the songs is Maybe. I used to just, yeah. bra- I used, used to break out into singing Tomorrow when I managed a movie theater. <laughs> the sun will come out. To the delight, out. yeah, to the delight of everybody that worked there, but the consternation of all the people that were coming into the movie theater to watch movies. And then when I reached the climax of the song, I'd, <laughs> I'd like, stand up on the concession stand. <laughs> anyway. So, <laughs> got the big finish. That's, yeah. Oh, gosh, that would have been funny. So, uh, the werewolf uh, versus vampire woman. That's a 4K release. Chinatown is not out on 4K, but the vampire, the werewolf versus the vampire woman has been from uh, Vinegar Syndrome. So what can I say? Uh, the Changeling has also been issued on 4K. Not from uh, um, Synapse released that, yeah. Not very good it? Not very good looking. Mm-hmm. A lot of green. I heard that. Yeah, which I, I'm okay with, with grain. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it you know, retains the film chemical element of it, but... Uh, but yeah, it's not. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily call it a pristine transfer. That's interesting. Well, well, well. It was definitely not worth the fifty-four dollars it cost when it first came out, and then it was reduced right afterwards. Hmm. Right after I bought it, they're waiting for me to spend the fifty-four dollars, and then they say, "Okay, let's drop it down to thirty-four." <laughs> Yeah, let's see if we can get somebody to buy this. And then they did. They said, well, mission now, accomplished. Now that we've got Jamie's money. Let's... <laughs> sure. Oh, yes. Well, we have uh, Don't Open Till Christmas is another Vinegar Syndrome release, although not in 4K. This is uh, just Blu-ray release. But just, you know, it was released in October, but I guess they wanted to get it out there 
uh, to beat the Christmas Rush. Don't open, don't open till Christmas. I have not seen that one, so I can't vouch for it. The Count Yorga collection is a, a pretty, pretty good uh, pairing of the Count Yorga films, Count Yorga Vampire and Return of Count Yorga from 1970 and 1971, respectively. And there's some new documentaries here, commentaries, all that good stuff. Great transfers on these films, uh, early 70s vampire films. And it was one of the first, I think, vampire films to put the vampire in a modern-day setting. So it kind of mm-hmm. was one of the first to do yeah, that I've sort of thing. Yeah, I've seen Count Yorga. Yeah. The first one is, uh, um, fine. you know, it's it's fine. Yeah, the second one is, it, it really makes sense because he's clearly killed in the first film. He appears and there's no explanation as to why in the second film. So there's a little little uh, gap in logic there. But anyway, Arrow's done a nice job with this set of the two Count Yorga films. They had been out of print. They were previously issued on Twilight Time. So there you go. And we have Eve's Bayou. From 1997, this was a a big. Uh, I think it was uh, Roger Ebert's favorite film of its year. Yeah, I think it was his. He loved, loved, loved this film. I liked it. Can't say I loved it uh, that, at the time of its release. And I feel the same way now. There's some. It's a little bit. Uh, takes its time getting where it's going. It's a little lethargically paced. Good performances. Uh, this new set includes the director's cut and the uh, theatrical cut, which had been previously hard to find uh some new is a new restoration of course audio commentary um short film uh, that was uh, i think directed by casey lemons this was her directorial debut yeah. cast reunion footage new interviews with her interview with composer terence blanchard who did a lot of work with spike lee of course so uh you know eve's bayou a criterion release uh, good for sure, I'm not going to say it's great, but it's good, solid. So, and then you have a uh, couple more Synapse releases. One was uh, <laughs> I was I really enjoyed this. I have to admit, it's called Satan's Little Helper. I didn't expect too much from this. It's directed by Jeff Lieberman, who previously had directed Squirm back in 1976, and he also directed uh, Blue Sunshine, which is a an interesting horror film about people who took psychedelics in the 60s who are now they're they be, they're becoming serial killers 10 years after the fact the after effects of the psychedelics are turning them into serial killers that's an interesting 1970s horror film and he had uh, made one film in the 80s uh, just before dawn with george kennedy's slasher film and then he just kind of disappeared and then he came back in 2004 with this film called satan's little helper i wasn't even aware of it i was aware of his other films uh, this was uh if you enjoy subversive horror, which I do, it was kind of up my alley. I can't say that it's a, it's not a perfect film, but Amanda Plummer is in this, obviously from the uh, Fisher King and Pulp Fiction, and she plays the mom of this little kid, and the kid is, she's kind of in her own little world. She's not paying attention to the kid. The kid plays this game called Satan's Little Helper. and um, Really? Amanda Plummer's in her own little world? Uh, yeah, <laughs> she is in this film. Well, our character is, I should say. And anyway, the little boy, she's not paying attention to what he's doing. And uh, so on Halloween night, he sees somebody dressed up as the character from his video game. And so he assumes he starts blurring the line of fact and fiction and assumes that, you know, it's just the character come to life. And so he starts following the character around, not realizing that it's really a serial killer dressed up as the character from the video game. And uh, he... It, it's the, the 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 character does such things as 
basically taking still he he kills one victim and takes her medication and puts uh, her medication in with all of the candy that he's giving out to the kids mm-hmm. <laughs> so so that the uh you know the the uh the victims will have diarrhea and that sort of thing <laughs> sort wow. and he goes out and uh he's the little boy thinks he's playing a video game so he tells him he says hit um he goes run over that baby over there. We'll get it. We'll get seventy-five points. And so, the, not realizing that he's really going to do it, he tells him to do it, and he runs over a little baby with a shopping cart. And it's it's, it's really dark stuff. And finally, the little boy realizes that this is real. It's not a game. And then it turns deadly serious. But uh, but it's um, yeah. The Hollywood Reporter said a horror sleeper that contains as much wit as Gord's. Me and my explaining is probably not doing it justice, but it's very interesting. I I, I enjoyed it. And Satan's Little Helper, hmm. uh, I think it was originally distributed by Universal, believe it or not, uh, back in 2004. But there's a commentary here from Jeff Lieberman and uh, behind-the-scenes featurette and, uh, you know, tour of the filming locations. Anyway, The Kindred from 1987 with uh, Rod Steiger's, another Synapse release. This is the one where they create a monster in a laboratory and it's genetic experiment gong wrong and uh rod steiger's trying to get the uh when the creator of that creature dies he's trying to to find the creature locate it and get it for himself so he can do experiments on it and all this stuff and anyway uh it's rod steiger in this ridiculous looking wig that almost uh, outdoes his performance in the film and <laughs> but but it has it's kind of a slow build but the last 30 minutes have some really interesting makeup effects and uh again not a total washout it's it's an interesting film not as good as Satan's little helper i enjoyed that a lot more uh but anyway the kindred from 1987 uh has been issued by synapse with some extra bonus features there and quiet days in cliche uh, not not cliche as in, but I should say cliche maybe is a C L I C H Y, which was actually this is a, a film that was notorious because in May of 1970 the U.S. government seized the only English language prints of this film on oh, charges yeah. of obscenity. Yeah, right. and it was cleared in federal court. The film mysteriously disappeared after its release, and now more than 50 years later, uh, this quote unquote adults only classic has been issued in a 4K. Uh, issue by Blue Underground. With, Have you uh, seen TV. that movie Train from Busan or Train to Busan? Or... It's a zombie movie. Uh, that. Uh... Uh, yeah, I saw it a couple of years back. Yeah. Yeah. I was watching the Shudder. Um, they had the 101 most memorable moments in horror movies or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was on it. And I was like, oh, I never even heard of that movie. And it looked interesting. But I was... Um, it was getting all the way down to number one, and they had some very questionable picks, especially in the top 20. <laughs> but uh, I was like, you know, this thing pisses me off. Chainsaw has not shown up at all on this whole list, and lo and behold, it was number one. <laughs> wow, <laughs> so look like, at you. Okay, this thing has redeemed itself. Yes, it all worked out in the end. Yeah. Yeah, that that would have been a shame if it if it had not been because it certainly belongs there for sure. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, no complaints there. So uh, anyway, uh, I think uh, the quiet days and cliche. I think that's. Uh, you didn't talk about the vinegar syndrome. 
let's see. Yeah, Cutter's Way. Yeah, I was, I was. That's one I overlooked. I had that on my list here actually, and I just scrolled right past it. Cutter's Way. Yeah, that's a vinegar syndrome, right? Yo, well, they're, yeah, they're par- they're co whatever they partner company. MGM. Yeah. Their partner company, Fun City, whatever. Fun City Editions. That's that's correct. That's who it is. Yeah, yeah. It's their subsidiary label. Yeah. I knew Cutter's Way was getting a reissue. Twilight Time previously issued it, and uh, yeah, I, I did have it and here. Probably the most talked about 4K of the month. Yeah. Came from Vinegar Syndrome on the 25th, which is Chainsaw 2. That's right. Yep. Um, yep. So here's 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 my little PSA. I okay. ordered I ordered both Chainsaw and Two and Cutter's Way from Vinegar Syndrome. Mm-hmm. Earlier, and you know, like early in the month, like a couple of weeks early, it just shipped out like last Friday, almost two weeks after it came out. So, the lesson I've learned is I'm never going to order from Vinegar Syndrome, especially pre orders. I, I would have gotten it right away if I just ordered it from another vendor because there I looked and there were other vendors that said, Yeah, we have this, we're shipping it now. I could have gotten it that week. But instead, I had to wait almost two weeks for them to ship it past its release date. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Don't order pre. Don't don't offer pre-orders if you can't fulfill them. On, uh, that's on, right. On yeah, release that's the whole date. point. Yeah. I ordered something from them uh, a couple of years ago. I did uh, Jeremy, the uh, Robbie Benson yeah. film, which I'm a big fan of, and that they got that right out. I had a good. Well, experience. I would imagine they would, but, but you know, you uh, because you're probably the one person that ordered that movie. <laughs> I, and I know that Ch- Chainsaw 2 on 4K, there's probably fanboys ravenous man. over that. That's true. That's true. You're right. Yeah, you're, you're correct. For some reason, it's not showing up on my list of uh, of titles for this particular day, unless it was because uh, I'm on the last day of the month and I had a list here. Now, other not... vendors like Amazon, and got, they're not getting it until November 29th. Maybe that's why it's not showing up. Yeah, but, the, okay. but in terms of their website and... Specialty video stores still have it, like Grindhouse Video in Knoxville, and okay, and they're shipping it off right away. Okay, that's why it's not showing up, yeah, because it's, uh, I guess that's like a pre-order deal, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, Cutter's Way is here on the list, and uh, so did you get that one? Or? No, they just shipped it Friday, so I haven't got oh, it. They ha- oh, it was in, it was with the Texas Chainsaw. Okay, yeah, I thought that was a separate. Sorry, you may have said that, and I might yeah. miss. Can't that. wait to hear that. My sur- Jack Nietzsche score, my surround sound. <laughs> that, that damn saw he uses for musical yeah. instruments. It's so unique. Yeah, they issued that on a, a CD a couple years ago. It's out yeah. of print now. I, I, got, love I got the it. Score. Love I the picked score. it up. Yeah, I do too. I love it. It's good. I, I picked that up. I, I was pretty much in on just about anything Jack Nietzsche did, score wise. Yeah, and I love the movie. I love the movie. Oh, I do too. Oh, what a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great stuff. Yeah, and it's so funny how John Hurd was kind of, you know, he, he kind of downplayed his achievements. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think he was really de- depressive. I think he was, yeah. Because that, that interview was a, um, a one-sided therapy session. Oh, it sure was, yeah. <laughs> Groove has its... 4K Black Friday deals already posted. Wow. I'll have to go check that out. I did order stuff from them. Mm. And that got to me right away because they had the two for mm-hmm. 26 or two for something. 
Um, so I got all the Batman movies and the Lost Boys, and I like saved eleven dollars on each of them individually, eleven dollars each, cheaper. So I was like, yeah, of course. Interesting. Yeah. Well, um, Groove, I need to, uh, I'll have to make a note to, to do that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much, I mean, there's a few oddball titles here I can, I can, uh, you know, but I don't know if it's anything you really, I don't, that's all my review titles, let's put it that way. I've got all the, they go mostly box set collections right now on Groove that are discounted. Yeah, there's probably a few of those I, I could see. I, I get that. Yeah. I I, lo- I love. I know some people hate it, the the sleeve packaging, but I kind of like it on the Alfred Hitchcock collections. Oh, the slipcase. Well, it's like a box, and you open it up, and it's hard cardboard, and it's in that in the sleeves of mm-hmm. the cardboard. Oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah I, I like the presentationally. About. I like it. But in the and I've got the first Hitchcock collection. Um, the second one, I, I, you know, Shadow of a Doubt's the only one I'm interested in that I, I would rewatch mm-hmm. very often. I wouldn't do that with Marnie or Family Plot or The Trouble with Harry. Right. Yeah, the uh, the Spielberg collection was like that, uh, the Blu-ray that they put out. Mm. Uh, it was the same thing you're talking about, where it had chronologically year by year, and it had like the little slip, the little cardboard slip. Yeah. Yep, but I thought that was acceptable. Uh, it was fine. I didn't, you know, have a problem with it at all. <laughs> 